Super delighted you're joining us for the very last week of this teaching, uh, Winning the Battle in Your Mind. This has been one of my favorite series to teach. And if this happens to be your first week uh, engaging this series, uh, there's a link right here on the screen. Make sure you go and check out the other uh, teachings. I just believe it's going to bless your life. Now, next week, I'm kicking off a brand new series. You do not want to miss it called Love is a Verb. And, 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 and listen, uh, next weekend, because of our Redwood City campus is going to be closed because we, we share that facility with a Jewish uh, community and it's a, it's a high holy day for them. So guess what? Those of you watching from San Jose, I'm popping into our campus there. I'll be preaching live in San Jose for the very first time, 9 o'clock and 11 a.m. Pacific time. So guys, if you're around the Bay Area, you want to hang out and have a fabulous time and check out our new campus uh, in San Jose, uh, I'll look to see you guys either at 9 or 11 a.m. All right, listen, let's jump into this teaching. Here's one of my favorite passages. Today I want to talk about really one word called enough. Keep that in your mind. Everybody shout, enough. All right, here's what Jesus declares. Uh, yeah, Listen to what the, what the writer says about Jesus. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two, two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, see that poor widow over there? She's put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, Jesus said about everybody else, but she out of her poverty, put in everything. Somebody shout everything, everything. All she had to live on. There's the reading. You know, if you've been around the church for a while, if you happen to hear this, have read this, this story, uh, you may have heard it referred to as the widow mite. These two coins that she put into the into the treasury was more or less equal to what we'd, we'd call two pennies today. The widow mite story. Oftentimes this story is referred to when in the church we're talking about giving, or at least when people hear this story, they think minimally the church is going to be talking about giving, giving money. You know, it reminds me that uh, the late Bob Hope used to have a joke that he would tell Many, many years ago, he shared that one day he was on a plane and flying from one part of the country to the next. And the plane unexpectedly went into a tailspin and started hitting, hit it downward towards the earth. And people were screaming on the plane. And somebody cried out, somebody do something religious. Bob Hope said he thought for a moment and then he started raising a collection. (laughs) An outrageous joke, right? But it brings home uh, how people often think about church and money and preachers and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to talk so much about money in relationship to this text today. I want to go just a little deeper, but I will be talking about value. Now, the word that I want you to wrestle with as we bring this series to a close, winning the battle in your mind, is the word enough. Everybody shout enough. Enough. 
I want you to think about this word. Because when you think about the word enough, you think about these two words. You think about adequate. You think about sufficient, being adequate, being sufficient for the task. You know, I came to this text several weeks ago when I was preparing to do a devotion for my team here. And as I was thinking about praying about what devotion that I would do for them recently, I've been doing some devotions for our team. I talked to you several weeks ago about another one that we did. As the deer pants for the water, brook so pants my soul for thee. You might recall that. Well, it came back around again. I was, I was preparing this devotion. And I was thinking it was really on my heart that I wanted my team. I got an incredible team that, that works with me to serve God to serve the kingdom and serve the wide and diverse community that we've been called to lead. And they're giving their all. And I wanted my team to know that I saw them. And I wanted them to know how much I valued them. Because I knew that while they were doing heavy lifting for the church, they were also fighting through some serious stuff in their, in their lives. They, were, they had family members who were struggling with cancer and they had uh, others were dealing with death in their family and and uh, and the list goes on and on and on and I wanted them to know I see you I so value the fact that you bring your best every day but more importantly I wanted my team to know that Jesus saw them. Because at the end of the day, it is Jesus who, who is the head of the church. It is Jesus who is the head of their lives. It is Jesus ultimately that they are serving. We together are serving him. And I wanted them to know that Jesus saw them. And I wanted them to know that Jesus honors the work that they were doing. You know, God had put this in my heart. I, I just believed that it was a direct message from heaven through me to my team. And even as I'm saying it, I believe it's a direct message through me to those of you who are listening now. You need to hear those incredibly important words. Jesus sees you. And Jesus honors and values the fact that you're trying to bring your best every day. So anyway, in that process, the Lord led me to this text almost immediately. Just dropped this in my spirit. It's a unique text. And I went and I read this text. And, and, and the first thing that popped out at me is this notion of, of, of enough, right? Did the woman have enough? And then the second thing that popped out at me was this notion here, not enough. You know, a lot of time in our brains, we're, we're, we're dealing with this question of being adequate, being sufficient, being enough. But most time, the reality that we're wrestling with comes in this form, not enough, meaning inadequate, meaning insufficient. How many of you listening to me, even this moment, when you woke up this morning, you thought, not enough. Now, on some occasions, this notion of not enough stimulates us in positive ways. It makes us wake up earlier. It makes us work later. It makes us run faster. It makes us work harder. It, it stimulates us as we seek to be more creative and more imaginative and more, more impactful and more effective. It, it stimulates us, right? This, this, this notion of not enough. 
And yet, as you, if you followed this series, you know that the way that the brain is structured, sometimes the very kind of, kind of attribute of the brain that expresses itself as we're stimulated by this notion of not enough to work harder, to run faster, sometimes that same attribute, right, that same brain, if you will, uh, um, um, while not stimulating us, it, it bogs us down. It, 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 it traps us, if you will. Yeah, you, you know, you, some of you are listening right now, you, can, you, 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 you go through life, you, you went through yesterday, you woke up today thinking, not enough. Not pretty enough, not smart enough, not bold enough, not imaginative enough, not white enough, not black enough, not, not cultured enough, not talented enough, not gifted enough. You know, not enough. And this, 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 this has a way of, of exasperating us. It has a way of depleting our sense of value. It has a way of trapping us and we find ourselves, regardless of our resources and regardless of who we are, it makes us feel like we leak our body. I know there's some parents listening to me and, you know, you, you've done everything that you know in terms of resources and care and, and how you've intended to raise your kids. And you've made sure that you, you didn't do some of the mistakes that you thought your parents did with you. And, and right now, as you think about the situation and the, the, that your kids are in, you're thinking, not enough, not enough. And with that thought comes pain. With that thought comes a sense of failure. You can't outrun, can't escape this, this thought. Not enough. I, it, it's too small. It's inadequate. It's insufficient. Not enough. Well, what do we do when we find ourselves challenged in this way? Well, number one, uh, uh, I want you to, let me just mention this guy here, Steph Curry. If you know anything about me, you know I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. He plays for the Golden State Warriors. He is the number one score in the entire NBA. He was last year. He scored like an average of 32 points a game. He had a 60-plus game last year, tons of games in the 40s in terms of scoring. And uh, this year he started off the leading score as well. But the last several weeks, uh, his scoring has, average has gone down. Two games ago, he scored 20 points. Earlier this week, playing against the Hornets, he scored 15 points. And I remember watching Steph Curry uh, as he sat on the bench and the towel over his head. I, I watched him as he was sh- shooting and missing shots that he normally hits, missing layups that he normally secure. And I could see him talking to himself. And I could almost hear him saying, not enough. Tonight, I'm inadequate. Tonight, I'm insufficient. Tonight, I'm not good enough. And, and what's remarkable to me is, you know, I, I have, obviously I don't know him. I haven't talked to him. But it, it's, it, 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 it dawns on me that that, that, kind of, that kind of feeling has a way of erasing all of the, the fact that he's, he's the best shooter in the NBA. But, but that night, I, I bet it was hard for him to hold on to that because it was such a powerful thought, not enough. What do I do? What do you do when you're struggling with that thought? Well, here it is. Refocus. 
I want you to refocus. Well, how do you refocus? You got to ask and answer this simple question. Who am I serving and what am I pursuing? If you're a college kid or high school student, who am I serving? This goes for you. And what am I pursuing? If you're an exec or a teacher or a mechanic, who am I serving? And what am I pursuing? Why do I get up in the morning? What am I trying to grab hold to? It's clear to me that this, 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 this poor widow, she was clear about who she was serving, God Almighty, and what she was pursuing. His favor, his affirmation. And so she made her way into the temple despite, I'm sure she might have felt a little embarrassed. I'm sure she might have felt, might have, might have not wanted everybody to see. But she had to give her a little bit because it, it, was, it came out of her faithfulness to God. I wanted my team to know that Jesus sees them. I want you to know that Jesus sees you. Now, I just want to point out very quickly that this woman had at least three reasons to feel that she was invisible. First is, you know, she was poor. How often people who are stuck in poverty feel invisible. That's Part of the reason why starting next week, we're going to launch our annual outreach effort, which we call Be Rich to Others. Because you know what? You have to train yourself. The Bible calls us to do this. You and I, we together have to train ourselves uh, to pay attention to those who don't have what we have. And we have to train ourselves to be moved by compassion. To, to take some of what we have and to utilize it to be a blessing in the world around us and not just figure out how we can gather more and more for ourselves. You know, we just, we have to practice it. So every year as a congregation, we practice that. So I hope you be a part of that effort next week. So she was poor. That was one reason to feel she was invisible. Secondly, she was a woman. And certainly in that day and time, if you were a woman, you were often invisible. You were saw, people saw you as a thing, a possession. They didn't see you as a person to connect to, to be in relationship with. To value oftentimes. And then lastly, she was a widow. She was a widow. When I think about the fact that she was a widow, immediately it explodes onto my mind, immediately the fact that she had suffered significant loss. And I'm thinking about the fact how often it is, how easy it is for those of us who have dealt with significant loss to, to feel invisible. You know, we're racing into Thanksgiving and racing into Christmas. And, you know, I think a few weeks ago I told you about three uh, moms who had buried their, uh, their daughters, their adult daughters. Now it's four. The most recent one last week, 34 years old. Families that we're caring for and trying to serve. That's a horrendous thing. I'm thinking about an adult child who's had to lay to rest their parents who recently died, several of them connected to our congregation. I'm thinking about death and loss. I'm thinking about spouses who have had to lay to rest. I'm talking about people who I know in this congregation who have laid to rest their beloved 
spouses. And after a few days, you know, the rest of the world kind of goes back to normal. But for these parents who have lost their kids, actually six, I'm thinking about another set of parents who lost their adult son. Life never goes back to normal, right? And it's so easy for you to feel invisible with your grief. I just want you to know that Jesus sees you and that Jesus cares. You know, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, when Jesus calls uh, the disciples over, he says, come over, come over. I want you to take a look at this lady. Uh, she, uh, she, she's a, she, she, she teaches us a lesson today. And the disciples come over. Among them is, is, the person, is Peter. He's one of the primary disciples, of course, right? Peter's always with Jesus when Jesus is, is modeling how he sees and cares for those who are often invisible. Uh, Peter was with Jesus when a Seraphonician woman came up and said, listen, I know I'm of a different culture than you. I know I'm of a different religion than your people are, but my daughter's in serious situation. She needs help. Would you deliver her? And Jesus responded. He saw her. He cared. Peter was with Jesus when, when, uh, when he, Jesus walked up to a leopard. And, you know, we weren't supposed to touch leopards back in that day because of how highly contagious it was. And, and, and the leper was crying out, can you heal me? And Jesus reaches out and touches him. That's a powerful part of the verse. And, and Jesus speaks healing into his life. And Peter was there. Peter was, was trying to make his way to Jesus, walking on, uh, in the miracle of walking on the water towards Jesus when he became overwhelmed with life around him. He started to sink and he cried out, save me. Jesus reached out and, and saved him. And so later on, Peter would write these incredible words. He would, he, here's what he would write, First Peter 5, 7. Here's what he would say. Cast your cares on Jesus because Jesus cares for you. I just want you to hear, Jesus cares. He sees you. He cares for you. And then the second thing I wanted my team to know is how Jesus evaluates value, uh, how he values what we offer and what we put forth in our work and how we engage, that he, he looks at it differently. And, and that so often... You know, Steph Curry was thinking through that night. I'm sure he was thinking about what he was going to be reading the next morning. He was going to think about the, what the commentators who always hold him up as this great shooter. He was, going to be, he was thinking about what they would be writing the next morning about how, you know, how he, he wasn't enough that night. I'm sure he was thinking about it. How he was inadequate that night. How many of us have voices in our heads of people from our past? How many of us have people in our lives that they just, they just don't, they don't, they don't let up. They just keep driving us. It's never good enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. How many of us have those voices in our heads? How many have those people in our lives? How many of us have become that voice for our own life? Well, I want you to refocus. Somebody shout refocus. Yeah, refocus. Ask the question, who am I serving and what am I pursuing? Who am I serving and what am I pursuing? Notice this text. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, as he points to this poor widow, she's put more into the treasury than all the others. A couple weeks ago, I was counseling a family, and we were preparing for the funeral of a loved one. And, you know, grief causes us to think backwards and have what I call false guilt. And, 
in the discussion they were thinking about maybe there were some things that they could have done differently here and there and so forth and so on. But it was obvious to me that they had been incredible, in this case, parents for all their child's life. As challenging as that may have been along the way. And so I said to them this notion. I said, listen. Here's what is the good news from God. Some days, our best looks like an eight on a scale of one to ten. Some days, our best looks like a two on a scale of one to ten. In Steph Curry's uh, 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 story, some days his best looks like a, a 40, 40, 40 point game. And some days, his best looks like a 15 point game. But when it comes to God, listen, your best is always enough. <laughs> your best is always enough. You know, I like this word plenty. Somebody, somebody shout plenty, plenty. Notice Jesus says that the woman had given more than all the other people's gifts combined. Check this out. She just gave her a little bit, but she gave her a little bit out of her, out of her lack. She gave her a little bit out of her inadequacy. Uh, uh, and, and isn't it true sometimes, guys, sometimes we feel like the wealthy people there, like, like we have an abundance, right? We get up, it's a great day. We have, we, we have lots of energy, lots of creativity, lots of imagination. You know, we have, we, we, we have lots of capacity with our kids, lots of capacity on our job. But then on other days, life happens, guys. <laughs> sometimes we get physically sick sometimes we get mentally worn out and 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 and, and we we're, we're like the widow we, we we just have just a little bit to give just two pennies just two pennies and yet Jesus says that when she gives her two pennies he says it weighs more than all the other wealthy people who were giving big who were giving you know nice sized gifts but they were giving it out of their abundance, right? She was giving out of her lack of poverty. And what he said was, he says, her gift, in terms of how he evaluated, outweighed all the others. Not only was her gift enough for him, her gift was plenty. Somebody shout plenty, plenty, plenty. My granduncle, whenever you would fix a plate for him, or, or, you know, prepare something for him to eat or drink or whatever the case is. And you'd ask him, you know, is, is that enough? He would never say that's enough. He would always say, oh, that's plenty. <laughs> Come on, say it with me. That's plenty. My granduncle way of saying, you know, not only is it enough, it's a little bit more than enough. And what Jesus is saying to you who's doing the best you can with your kids, what Jesus is saying to you, who's doing the best you can with your spouse and in your marriage, although your spouse may not recognize it, what Jesus is saying to you, you know, who's burning the midnight hour, 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 hour you know, trying to get to school, and, and you're making C's and C pluses. What, what, what Jesus is saying to you, you know, as, 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 as you're struggling on your job as you're as you're trying to fend off stuff going on in your home and in your public life what Jesus is saying to you is hey if I'm the one that you're serving if you're pursuing my favor and my affirmation above all others I just want you to know that that when your best represents just two sin it's just a little bit your best is plenty (laughs) just give me 
your best. It's always enough, not just enough. It's more than enough. Notice this text. Notice this text. They all gave out their wealth, Jesus says. But she, the woman, she gave out of her poverty. She put in everything. All she had to live on. Here's a quote. Take a picture of this. I want you to get this quote. My all may not be the best, but it is my best. Notice the notion, all. Everybody shout, oh, my all. Look at the message paraphrase of this, of this text. All the others gave what they never miss, what they are never miss, Jesus says. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. What I want somebody to hear today is that all God asks you to do is to give your all. And on some occasions, your all is a lot. And on other occasions, your all is a little bit. It's a little bit. You know, I used to say to uh, my uh, people who would lead worship, when I challenged them, sometimes they'd be leading worship and people would come in and where everybody's standing, we'd be challenging people to stand and raise your hand. And I would always say to my worship leaders, don't browbeat people. If you see somebody sitting down, not raising their hands, don't browbeat them. Don't make them feel guilty for sitting down, not raising their hand and not singing. You know, because for that person, maybe all they could do that day was just to show up and sit on the back row. Just showing up, sitting on the back row, that's their praise. That's their praise. You just don't know what they had to live through this week. You just don't know all of the doubt they had to push through this week. You, you, you don't know all of the stuff that's waiting for them back home. The best they can do, their little bit, is just to get in and sit on the pew. For somebody, just turn it on, the, on, on that computer. You're watching me. You haven't said one amen during this whole period of time, or that's right, or whatever. You're just soaking it in because, you, you know, that's just where you are. That's just where you are. I just want you to know your best doesn't have to be the best in order to be enough for God. Here it is. When I give my best to God, it is always enough. Especially when your best is just a little bit. Let me end here. You know, Scripture is replete about how God takes our little bits and does amazing things with it. You know, our little bit does amazing things with it. You know, uh, remember Moses? God finds Moses on the backside of a mountain and says, look, I want you to lead my people. But what's in your hand? What do you have to work with? Moses says, all I've got is a rod, is a stick, is, you know, this, this staff that I use with my, my sheep. He says, oh, well, just give that to me. Give me your little bit. And God took that staff and took Moses and took Moses' faith and turned him into the greatest liberator that human history has ever known. Right. You remember David? David uh, was insulted and offended by how Goliath was talking down to people of Israel, asking for somebody to come take him on. And, and David said to God, look, I, I don't like how he's offending your name. I want to take him on, but I just have a little bit. All I got is five stones and, and, a, and, a, and a slingshot. God said, just just dedicate your little bit to me. And, 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 and David dedicated the little bit to God and, 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 and with a slingshot shot in a rock he took the giant out and rose to become a giant as the second most uh, as the most impactful king ultimately in Israel's history bring God your little bit 
You remember the story of, of Peter and John? They showed up at this temple uh, and there was a there was a fellow out there lame and and he was asking for some money and, and they said to him silver and gold we have not but such as we have just a little bit a little bit of faith we give to you stand and rise and the man got up and started walking and leaping and shouting. Don't you remember? There was a little boy sitting in a crowd. He had five loaves of bread and two fish. And the disciples showed up and says, we, we got to feed these people. Jesus is asking for your little bit. And the little boy, the little boy said, what? He wants my little bit? And with enthusiasm, he gave them his five loaves and two fish. And they took it and gave it to Jesus. And Jesus blessed them. And broke, blessed, and broke, blessed, and distributed. And when he finished, that little boy, little bit, come on now, fed 5,000 plus, and they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Do you see the point? You see the point? Jesus says, when you dedicate your little bit to him, your little bit is always plenty. It's always it's not just enough. It's more than enough. You bring your little bit to him trying to raise your kids. Bring your little bit to him trying to be impactful at your job. Bring your little bit to him as you work through your educational pursuit. Bring your little bit to him and let him take it. Bless it and multiply it. Blow your mind and the mind's around you as you remember that your best, your all, however small, with God is always enough. God help us to remember this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's take the next step in our faith right now. Take out your phone if you would. Be kind enough and point it at the QR code right here on the screen. It's going to take you to our next steps with Jesus uh, section in our connection card. And for somebody, you need to hear Jesus say this, that with Jesus, your best will always be enough. Even though your best is going to be one thing on one day and something else on another day, it's okay. It will always be enough. Make this the day that you will allow Jesus to be Lord the sovereign Lord of your life, of your dreams, of your destiny, and of your tomorrows. To do that, just simply check that box that says, you know what, I'm ready to be a Jesus follower right now. There's some other options there that you can also check. I've shaped this prayer in our response to the message for all of us. And Take out your phone, take a picture of this prayer. Uh, here it is here. I want you to pray it every day. It's a simple but powerful prayer. Uh, God, today, I offer to you my all. That's how we refocus and remember who we're serving and what we're pursuing. And now, I want to encourage you to also take a picture of this reflection question. What are the names of the voices in my life or my mind that tend to never be satisfied with my all? Let's identify, label those voices. And then remind yourself who you're serving and what you're pursuing.